what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your NBA Finals Game 3 betting guide, best bets episode for Game 3 between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets as the series shifts to South Beach, tied 1-1. It's actually technically not on South Beach. It's pretty close, but it's not technically on South Beach, but it's in the vicinity, so we say it's within range reminder everything we talk about take we found the award-winning action network app best way for you to track your picks you get up the second information where the bets and money are coming in pro signals you can track things like the sharp money that came in on miami late right before tip off of game two as the miami heat do cover and win outright in game two behind a 49 percent three-point shooting performance for the miami heat despite a 40 burger from nicole Jokic as the heat strategy to make him a passer uh, to sorry, make him a score and not a passer did work to some degree. We'll do best bets for game three of the finals. To do that. I've got three gentlemen with red hot best bets. We got Brandon Anderson. He is the NBA futures analyst over at Action Network. We got Sean Little of MSG Networks. You can find him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. And we got Jay Money. You can find him on Twitter at Jay Money is Money. We'll go around the table. We'll give our best bets for game three. Then we'll do the cap. Let's start with Sean today. Sean, what's your best bet for game three? Denver Nuggets team total over 108 and a half minus 110 FanDuel Sportsbook. All right. Uh, Jay Money, what's your best bet for game three? My money is on Denver Nuggets minus a two full game. Uh, you could take two and a half money line, whatever. All right. Brandon Anderson, what are your best bets for game three? I'm going to take the Nuggets to win the first quarter at even odds. And then a couple series leaders, Jamal Murray on assists, seven to one. And Max Struess on threes, 19 to one. Uh, my only best bet for this game, I will have some props that I will inevitably lose because I can't stop betting them, even though I'm terrible at them. I'm in the, uh, the first half under 110 again. Just keeping it simple. First half, one under. First half, under. That's what we're doing. Um, let's start with Jay on the cap. So Jay, uh, series now shifts to Miami. Denver's a two-point favorite on the road, this is not surprising. The Celtics were three-point favorites in their games on the road versus Miami. They did uh, they did win some of those games. So, obviously, an opportunity there for, for Denver to, to retake home court advantage. Why do you like the, the Nuggets in this spot in particular? Well, first off, we get a little bit of the coming back home uh, fade after being gone for about a week. Uh, they hadn't played. They hadn't been at home since May 27th. Um, and now when we know that right after game seven in Boston, they flew straight to Denver here. So I'm expecting a little bit of a letdown for the Heat. Full zigzag theory here for me. Uh, whoever was lost game two, I was taking in game three. So, I mean, to be honest, I would have liked a little bit more if the Heat were coming down uh, home 0-2. That way you could take them in a trifecta spot. But I'll take the Nuggets here. Um, I think they win this series. Game three is the most pivotal game 
as far as winning this series as well. The Nuggets have to go in there and take one in Miami. Uh, if they do happen to lose game three, I'll take them. I'll double up and take them in game four. But I fully believe Nuggets win this game by 10 plus points. Um, the, the Heat, they threw their, their punch, right? So now it's on the Nuggets to react to that. Um, kind of what Spolcher like to do, he'll throw, what it, throw things out in game one and game two. After that, there's not a ton of adjustments from there, right? He made Jokic be the uh, be the scorer. I think the Nuggets are going to try to have to counter uh, look at some film and he's going to have to go back to the passer as well so he can't just only be the scorer I need him to be the scorer and the passer here I like the Nuggets in game three to win this with my double digits so you feel like the Nuggets have the ability to counter what the Heat have thrown at them so far I do. I do think so. Um, I, I feel like they I, now I will say this. I know Brun off the bench, the rookie. I think they might need to go to Reggie Jackson here. I know he's not the greatest defender, but you need his offense. The Nuggets will have to go deeper into their bench. Everybody's keep telling me Nuggets have this great bench. I don't necessarily think so. I think he's going to have to go a little bit deeper into his bag. I don't know if it's I mean, I know Ish Smith is pretty small, but you need someone else, uh, someone else out there. One more thing I don't like to see. I don't like to see Bruce Brown running the point guard off the bench. He's not a point guard. He's more of a shooting guard in my opinion yeah he can play point but i need to see reggie jackson ish smith um they're gonna have to go a little bit deeper into their bench to create more offense in my opinion as someone that covers this team on a nightly basis i will warn you that if you're like well they need to get in deeper into their bench you should not be banging denver they're not gonna i'm like it is gonna be these these eight dudes that is it they're not gonna go to reggie jackson they're not gonna go to ish smith they're not gonna go to deandre jordan uh they won't go to thomas bryant they won't go to peyton watson like it is just these eight dudes malone is not gonna break that rotation it's simply not something he's gonna be comfortable doing and maybe that's a mistake mistake i don't necessarily disagree with the with the notion that you should probably try more options because the heater just throwing dudes out there but Ultimately, um, if you're if you're if part of your cap is based off of us, like the not assumption, but pivoting on the possibility of them playing more dudes, I don't think it's going to happen. I can't see Michael Malone getting away from his eight man rotation in game three on the road, especially of the finals. But do you still like him anyway if he do, if they don't do that? You know my style, man. I like them. Whoever's out there playing the game, that's just my opinion. I would at least, at least Rich Jackson get at least uh, 10 minutes, in my opinion. From what I'm saying, I don't want to see Bruce Brown run the point guard, but I don't give a damn who's playing. Give me the Nuggets minus the two. All right. Uh, Sean, so you're going <laughs> back to the team total well. You've hit those uh, throughout the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Uh, why in particular do you want the Nuggets in the spot? Yeah, I like the Nuggets in the spot, and I, I'm going to over 108 on the team total flat outs because I, if they don't score 110-plus, I don't think they win the game. So I think they they have a real good shot to show up in the zigzag spot, just like Jay said. Uh, I like If there's anything that I feel the most confident throughout the series is that they do have the ability to score when they are playing, even B-plus Denver Nuggets basketball, I think they do show up in this spot. They play terrible the other night and a lot of things were going against him. I know we're going to get into it and break it all down. I expect them to come out and score 110. Now, if uh if the Miami Heat are going to continue to to put up big numbers and if they score 112 plus, 113 plus, they're probably going to win this game. So, uh I think that every time we doubt the Miami Heat, they they seem to show up. That's the reason I don't want to take them on the money line. I'm I, I like I mentioned earlier. I'm this my biggest bet of the season is on the Denver Nuggets minus one and a half on the series spread. So I'm exposed there. I believe in the Nuggets. I think they show up in this spot. I'm going to play the team total because that's the most thing I'm confident when it comes to Denver is the offense. I was digging into some of these numbers on the home and away splits because we know Denver is a sub 500 team on the road. They've been absolutely lights out at home. They haven't played too, too well on the road. Now, 
their PAR on the road versus at home. At home, points, assists, plus rebounds, 194 at home. On the road, 181.4. So the ball sticks a little more. They're just not producing. They're just not as oiled as they typically are at home. But if you go to two days rest, two days of full rest, which we'll have here in between game two and game three, they're back up to 189 and a half. They played 12 games on two days rest this year. They, their turnovers are are from go from 15 to 13. I just believe it'll be uh, the, they'll use those two two days to get some more rest, adjust to what's going on, kind of evaluate their different options. They they haven't been the best on the road. I think overall they're just a better team. I also think that is a is a is a massive piece in this. I'm trying my best not to get too blinded by what happened in game two. There was a lot of different things and and. I'm not going to get into the referees and and the different things that were going on there and the shot making, because I guess we just have to think that Miami's going to show up and hit a lot of shots here or there. That's just what it is now. Like forget about being shocked. And if it was lucky or if it wasn't, they're going to have a game or two like this in a series. That's why these have been going six plus seven, seven game series. That's what they've been doing the last couple seasons. So I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets team total over they show up in Miami coming off two days of rest. And um, Michael Porter Jr. played the worst game he's played in the playoffs. He was absolutely horrendous. I think he'll play a lot better. It was almost like both teams went and watched and listened to every Buckets episode, every media outlet, <laughs> every television show. And then Denver just thought they could show up to the gym and, and relax. And from the tip, Miami was on their ass and never let up. Last point. One thing about the Miami Heat is if you give them confidence early – it seems to stick the rest of the game. No matter no matter what happens in the middle, they go down 10, whatever, they continue to, to have that belief, and they close out games that way. Struess and the guys came out early. They they were all over them in the first quarter. They still, they still only closed it. It was a one-possession game at the end of the first. It could have been a tie game if Murray hits that shot. But the the beginning of the game, if they if they get that confidence, they tend to, to stick with it throughout throughout the four quarters. Denver Nuggets need to come out and stay on them like the Boston Celtics did in game five. They never let up that entire game. That's why they were able to, to fade them even on a late fourth quarter push. I like Denver to show up and score 109 plus. I'll take the Nuggets. I like the uh, the rest spot analysis there. That was really good um, to kind of break down exactly the context because that's that gets lost in the regular season a lot is how teams perform when they've actually got some time to, to get their, their legs under them versus traveling yeah. and then playing the next day. Uh, so that was really good. So based off of your game script, it, it, to me, it looks like this, which is Nuggets win and it's Nuggets win and Nuggets team total over heat win and it's combined t- total over and heat win. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. Yeah. That's my game script through and through. Okay. Um, Brandon Anderson after, after did they win the first quarter last night? They did not. I couldn't, I honestly could, I honestly could not remember. Um, that's right. It was, it was a three point game at the end of the three first. point game. Yeah. Right. Um, they, they made the push. They made the, they push, made the push that I was counting on at the end of the quarter, but I needed like one more minute. <laughs> it okay. didn't quite get there. But you're going back to the well with good old, you and I are relying on like our blank, our, our blankies here and cuddling very close <laughs> to what we know. You're taking nuggets first quarter again. Uh, tell me why. Yeah. This is just a game that I don't see a ton of value on the game or this or the series right now. So yeah. The, this, to be totally honest, this is me trying to find a bet to give you listeners on the podcast. I did bet Denver 
right after the game three opened. I bet the money line minus one fifteen. Love that. I would love to give you that. Hopefully you tailed in the app, but the money lines up to minus one forty now. I think that took away a lot of the value. Nuggets minus two and a half. Like to me, I I, I don't mind those. I would lean both of those sides if I was going to play a money line or a spread on the game. Those I'd play Denver, not Miami. But to me, those are basically about at my numbers here. So there's just not a ton of value. So then I'm trying to isolate. Okay, that's my thing. How can I give away some outs? Where can I find the angle to narrow in on something about Denver that I like? I looked at the team totals. I like the idea, Sean, what you said with the Denver team total over. Uh, I looked at to win the game and the series. That's kind of an obvious spot here. If you like Denver, go on and win the series. I see that at minus 105. I think if you're going to play the full game, that would be my pick of the options because if Denver does win this game that I think is the coin flippiest game of the series, then Denver moves to 85% to win the series if they win this one. So all that is not my bet right now. My bet is I just narrowed down to like, okay, well, what do I feel best about? What am I most confident in? And I did basically just going to run it back. The idea from game two, which is, well, I feel Denver comes out and responds. Jay kind of said the zigzag thing. I think Michael Malone is going to rage timeout for two days after that game. Like yep. all the preparation, the Nuggets were horrible. Michael yeah. Porter Jr., horrendous, terrible. Got lost on so many rotations, didn't make an impact offensively, didn't hit the rebounds. KCP, horrendous, horrendous. terrible, terrible game for KCP. He put Miami shooters on the line for 14 free throws in this game, including two three-shot fouls. Yep. Just terrible, fouled out in the game. Aaron Gordon, not terrible, just kind of not anything. I don't feel like we really felt Aaron Gordon in this game compared to game one, where we felt him, bam, immediately right out of the gates that way. Just a game where Jokic showed up, and, and I guess they got the second-quarter bench stretch without him. But other than that, the rest of the, the, rest of the Nuggets guys didn't show and I just think you come out proud, you show up, you're a little readier. Matt, you nailed last game, the Nuggets game two swoon, and that hit me on the first quarter thing. Like, let's be honest, Max Drews hit me in the first quarter. The dude made four threes. What are you going to do? But that's the heat. That's what the heat are going to do is hit the threes. So I like the first quarter. Again, same as I said last time, I get Nikola Jokic for 48 minutes of my bet. I get Jokic for my entire first quarter bet. That's the way the rotations are going. If I got him out there, I'll feel pretty good about it. Denver net rating on the road in the postseason is plus 13.8. It's actually been better road than it is at home. And as, as we've seen everywhere, Miami has a negative net rating in all three quarters, except for the fourth quarter for the entire playoffs, despite that they now have home court advantage in the finals as we speak. So this is not a huge play for me. I think it's the best way I can isolate a Denver angle and just grab the first quarter. Um, notably, I did lose heat plus five and a half, uh, on first half. Um, they, lo they lost, they wound up being by, minus, by the hook, <laughs> by the hook. So that was fun. Uh, I do want to take a small victory lap here for slicing that middle first half under full game over. You're still mad about it, but it hit like I had the cap on it. You know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel like this. <laughs> you're your victory call, lapping, right? hitting an inside straight draw. Congratulations. I'm glad you won both of the bets. Um, I mean, look, I still got killed because my props got annihilated. Michael Porter Jr. rebounds. Nope. Michael Porter Jr. Double double. I told you on. Nope. Jimmy Butler over on points. Nope. The Heat scored all of these points, had a like 130 offensive rating with the starters. And Jimmy Butler was quiet 
passive and non-existent. Like tough one on the prop side, but size and totals, I did well as always. Um, look, uh, I don't want to bet. I'm with you. I don't want to bet this game. Um, I understand why Jay's on on Denver. I understand why Sean's expecting a bounce back performance offensively. The Heat were the better team in game two. They played better. They only won by three because the bar is so high. Like they played better than Denver, but Denver as a team is so much better that this was a three point game in the final second. And the only reason that Miami won, and actually I the officiating, whatever, like a bunch of 50 50 calls went against Denver. Okay. Like they, they should have responded to that better. They've been good at responding to officials all season long and they lost their minds last night. KCP and Joker, when Joker had three out of bounds plays go against him, he just lost his mind a little bit. And then, the team responded to that. KCP was really undisciplined. That's uncommon for him. MPJ can't hit anything. Even though he's bad on defense, he can't shoot. That's uncommon for him. And then on the, it's like double tails here where the Nuggets play horribly in all of these areas. They don't typically play terrible. The Heat shoot 49 fucking percent from three, which again, I'm not going to Fred Van Vliet this. This is sports. Like that happens sometimes. But the double tail performance happens at the exact same time. But that's been Miami's formula all throughout the playoffs. So, that, so that's where like the, the pushback is going to come from, which is like, well, is it an outlier? That's just how they play. And I'm like, okay, then you should bet them. Again, we talked about this in the in the series preview. If you think they're going to keep shooting 49% from three, you should bet the Heat to win the series. You can still get them a plus money in a 1-1 series. Um, I, have a, I have a separate question, which is that we won't record until after game three, and the market will have already hit. Jay, will you bet whoever loses game three and game four? Yes. Simple okay. answer. Okay. Sean, will you bet whoever loses game three and game four? Assuming no injuries. No. Okay. Brandon, will you bet whoever loses game three and game four? No, I, I will probably just bet Denver in game four either way. Okay. So if Denver wins, you're going to like Denver to go up three, one. If Denver loses, you're going to like them to even the series. Cause you can't like, you don't believe that they'll go down three, one. Correct. Okay. So like now you have like a, so this is good because we have like a variety. We have the whole spectrum of opinions here. Um, I would say that I lean more towards Jay. I think we're 2-2 here because I think that if Miami loses game three, I do think they respond in game four. Um, there's a, just enough variance plays. here. I will say this. There are a lot of ways that Miami can win these games, which is one of the reasons why they're 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 in the finals, is they can win a game in which neither team plays well. They could have won game one. They were, okay, could have is, is difficult. Um if they had played not horrible, just like not great, because Denver wasn't great in that game either, right? Denver, they can win an ugly game in which both teams play terrible. They can win a game in which they play great and the opponent plays terrible. They can't win a game in which they play great and Denver plays great. They can't win that one. If Denver plays great and Miami plays great, they can't win. But on the road, that definitely, I think, leans more towards Miami. So, like, I think if, if Denver wins game three, I will bet Miami in game four. Sean, for you, is it as simple as just, like, Denver's well, better, and so like, yeah. well, I think for for me, I t I took the question as I'm blindly betting four and haven't seen three, so I it, there's so much stuff. Sure. That, oh that yeah, can for happen. sure. Yeah, I'm so not only like, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more the the reason I, I just automatically lean no. So what you just laid out about Denver playing really well and Miami playing really well, Denver's going to win that all night. I agree with that. There's just this thing about Miami where it seems like when something does fall off, someone else picks him up. Struce hit four threes in the first quarter, didn't hit another one. 
Mm-hmm. Then it's, it's Duncan Robinson time. And then it's Gabe Vincent time, right? Yep. Caleb Martin doesn't do anything all night. They kick it, they kick it to him in the corner in a, in a big dagger type spot bottoms from three, right? So it does seem like they get the production when necessary. And what I'm getting at is what happens when Jimmy shows up and then all these other dudes show up too? Like th- then it, it, it can get really spooky where they are going to be very tough to beat, even if Denver plays extremely well. So I, I think that's the reason I, I, I have to see Jay, Jay Money taught me, and we talk about this all the time, it's game to game. So I, I there's I couldn't I can't even look to the the game four. I gotta I'm looking at the first half of this game three in Miami coming up because Denver flat out was not ready for the pressure that Miami was getting ready to put on those boys in game two. It, it, it was almost like Celtic like. Yeah, can I also I also yeah. want to, I I want to mention this because like I would I would tell you and I would write about this if it was like ball pressure on Denver, forcing mistakes. It's like Nikola Jokic throws a pass to to Michael Porter Jr. who just watches it sail out of bounds. Like, it is the weirdest shit you can imagine. They were still way more aggressive, though, to start the game from the tip. Miami was was extremely aggressive to start the tip. Something that I don't know if Denver wasn't expecting that or what was going on, but once that confidence was built there, then they, they sustain it. They've done that all playoffs. Denver hasn't been behind in a series at all. They are not behind. Technically, they're 1-1, but 1-1 losing home court is, like, pretty close to being behind, right? What makes you believe that this Denver team is wired to respond to the pressure that Miami is applying in whatever this weird voodoo shit that they pull is able to do? Whether it's, a like, if you want it to be, like, they're just the more aggressive team and they've got a mental toughness, okay, fine. I'm telling you, like, I'm watching the games and I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like they hit 49% of their threes, but I get it. I get it. Um, Jay, what makes you confident that Denver can respond in this situation and deal with that? Well, I figured out the nuggets a long time ago. They sometimes they have to get smacked in the face and they also get a little fat and happy. So we knew off game mm-hmm. one, win they were going to come in thinking shit, thinking the series is already over, thinking things were easy. What happens? The heat go out there and smack them in the face, get the win. Now it's on the nuggets to respond. I fully expect them to go and get game three. And then you get the fat and happy coming in. Then you get the heat in game four and an absolute must win. I think that they take that one nuggets go home. Like the nuggets can still win in six, go home and win five. And then you got to go and take it in Miami um, in six. But I'll be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a seven-game series, but the Nuggets are just too wishy-washy. They can't really play too well when they're up. I'm still surprised they swept the Lakers just because, like I say, they're a fat and yeah. happy type of team. They can't really put their foot put their foot on your necks like they should. They could have won game two by double digits as well. They led by 15 points. And they let the Heat come back. So right. they're just one of those type of teams that they have to get smacked in the fir- face first for them to come back and play their best game. I guarantee you KCP, um, Jokic, and the guys are going to be ready for game three. Sean, what makes you confident that Denver can bounce back here? Yeah, to follow up on that, I think they got they were fat and happy, got smacked in the face to start the game, and then they were like, "Oh shit, we better get our we better get it together." They end up going up fifteen. They they then then Jokic understands that it looks like I'm going to have to score a little bit, goes crazy in the third, and then the fourth happens, and it happened so quickly. The eight point lead disappeared so fast. Yeah, because Duncan Robinson locked in that that pressure started to build and then it became a a possession by possession basketball game and that is the miami heat's dream scenario 
We know we're, let's go possession by possession, get in the half court and uh do do what we do, knock down big shots, create turnovers and just just I guess mentally will people and lean on uh, teams in the fourth quarter and get W's. That's what they've been doing. I I think Denver is going to respond because they, they got a little, this is hard to explain how how I'm feeling here, but I think you have to get that punch from the heat to know what it feels like. Okay. This is a different team than, than, than other squads that they've played now that they've, they've felt that heat wave come in and, and what they can actually do. I think, they're, they're going to be locked in and focused the rest of the way. Uh, I like the Heat, or I like the Nuggets to still win in six games. Brandon, I turn to you because this is a lot of talk about feeling and pressure and narrative, and you're, I, I can trust you for a very objective look at this. <laughs> um, what is your read in terms of Denver's ability to perform contextually in this situation? Yeah, I mean, I think game two answered that question really for us in a weird way. Like Jay was right. They came out fat and happy. They fell behind by double digits. What happened? They responded. They responded and laid the smackdown on like a, what, a 40 to 14 run or something. What happened? They got fat and happy again after that. Exactly right. They got the double down effect. And, but then they got punched in the mouth again in the fourth quarter. What happened? I thought it was done. I was like already writing out my notes. The game is over. Denver got cooked. Double digits. We're out of here. Suddenly Denver, like, 30 more seconds in the game or, you know, a correctly called goaltend or a couple other things we can mention. Denver probably wins the game. Go to overtime. We're every one of us here is picking Denver to win that game. It goes to overtime. I'll tell you that right now. Like we were right there. Denver got punched again and it took a second, but they responded again. Why am I confident that Denver should respond here? The best game that Denver has played this postseason was their most important one. And it was game five against Phoenix when it was mm-hmm. two to two. And that was the closest we've seen Denver to trailing a series or being in a truly pressure spot. And that was the hammer spot. That was my biggest bet of the postseason so far. Now, granted, that was in Denver. So Denver. that was part of the cap there in the elevation. But that was the spot where Denver came out and totally, totally took control against Phoenix. And Phoenix didn't win again. That was, I believe, Jay and Sean. That was when we came on, and that was my plus money day. That's when I made my only exact bet of the entire season, Denver over Miami at 16-1. to 1. That, uh, you know, my ticket went down a little bit after last night, but I'm still feeling pretty good about that. That game is the confidence builder to me. That game was the one where we saw, like, to me, I had to look at Denver differently after that game. I picked them. I thought Denver would win but I didn't even think they'd win that convincingly. That was like, oh, oh, we're different here. This is a championship squad. You heard me all year. One of my worst bets I made all year is that down near the stretch, I kept telling people to bet the East to win the finals. That clearly did not set up well for me the way that we got the eight seed in the finals now. Part of that is because I like Denver all year, and I didn't think Denver was going to beat Boston or Milwaukee or Philly, which is what the finals would be. That game, the game five Phoenix game, that kind of flipped the switch to me to say, okay, no, we're real here. We, we've got that championship punch response. And I think that's why we should feel confident about Denver. Okay. Hi there, listeners. We're back to invite you to head into this sports betting summer with new gear built to last. And friends of the podcast, Shady Rays have you covered against the glare of that summer sun with premium polarized shades. 
Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company offering world-class products, durable frames, the clearest possible optics, and Shady Rays also offers the best protection plan in all of eyewear. How good is it? Well, every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, it's okay. You don't need to cry about it. You just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And you can look good and feel good because to date, Shady Rays has donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. That's nice. So, exclusively for you, our beloved podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses, and you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Uh, Good stuff here. Brandon, I need 30-second caps from you on your two series-long prop plays. You like Murray to lead the series in assist at plus 700, and Max Struess to lead the series in threes at 19 to 1. Yeah, these are these are mostly nibbles, just playing the numbers here. Look, our guy Jim Turvey in our props preview got got beat me to Jamal Murray and then some. He took it at 42 to 1. Hopefully, you are already on this if you tailed that one. Murray has 38 potential assists for the series. Jokic is at 28. That's 10 extra potential assists. Murray is leading in assists right now, 20 to 18 for Jokic, 16 for Butler. Butler is uh, that's the long shot ticket I had. We talked about this on the props preview. This is in play. It's seven to one right now. Murray's the leader. Murray has 10 extra potential assists. I'm going to assume they find some ways to unlock Jokic's passing, but like that's not like scoring. You can't just force passing and make your other guys hit the shot. So I think that one's in play. I think Jim nailed that one. Threes, my guy Max Struess, over one and a half threes in like two minutes last game. That was like the easiest hit of the day. He right now is leading the series in three-point attempts at 19. Reminds me a lot of the Knicks series. He was the leader in threes in that series with 17. He's a better three-point shooter at home than on the road, 37% at home. That's an angle that we've heard on buckets a lot this year. So now we're coming home for three of the next four games. We probably assume we're going to get all all of those three. So right now, Struess, Vincent, MPJ, and Murray. Those are the only four guys in the series with double-digit three-point attempts, they all have 15 or more. So it's one of those four guys is going to lead the series. Vincent has nine. He's got the big lead. This is the Derek White last round. And I'll say Derek White ended up winning this, but by one, I'm, I'm chasing. This is the one I wanted coming in. We got our leader now. Vincent is the guy we're chasing. I'm just counting on him to, to cool off at some point. Struess has four now. So 19 to one and the volume he's getting up, I think just give it a shot. Just, just a nibble on both of these. I want to wait on finals MVP until after game three. We'll do that on the next pod. I want to wait on that one just because I think the number, I think I won one series, you know, obviously like, look, if you think the nuggets are going to win, we said this before, if you think the nuggets are going to win, you should just bet Jokic MVP. That's what you should do right now. Like there's that. I don't think there's much question there. Heater a lot more, a lot more interesting. Let's wait until game three. All right, Sean, final thoughts. The, was Eric Spolstra deflecting when Ramona Shelburne asked him about the making Jokic into a passer? That's the untrained eye. Is he trying to get people not to think that's what he's doing? 
No, because like, here's the thing. The, the way the coaches think about it, and I, I, I feel confident that they're not lying or bullshitting me on this. The conversations I've had are mostly off record. Coaches will tell you pretty honestly, like we literally, like we know what everybody else is going to do. There's only so many things you can do on the court. You can throw some tricky stuff out there, but once it's on tape, it's out on tape. And like, we have scouting departments that spend hours and hours and hours doing this. They're not the first team to try this tactic against them. Um, Jokic did have 11 assist opportunities, which is lower than his, his playoff average of 16. But you also have to factor in how goddamn slow this game was. We're talking about 86 possessions. So like if we adjust for pace, we're not significantly off his average assist potential rate. Like it's just not necessarily there. His assists are lower because Michael Porter Jr. can't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. But like in general, it's not that I don't think the tactic is working because I think there's something to it. Like that's their best path. That's what they want to get to. The difference though I do think here is that like Spo tried to tell everyone, he was like, it's not going to be about scheme. It's going to be about effort. It's going to be about how hard we play and how well we execute. It wasn't tactical adjustments in game two. They did add Kevin Love. Kevin Love didn't have a monster game. He made a few plays, but like mostly the Heat played better, which is what Spo said. So it, I think like Ramona's question elicited a really great answer, which is what you should do. Even if you get dunked on, that's what you should do as a reporter. I don't think it's a dumb question. Everyone's asking about it. Everyone's talking about it. But I do think Spo was being honest in that he knows that there are mechanisms that they could get to if Denver executed better that would have resulted in a higher assist total. And that higher assist total would have meant a Denver win. So like the margins here are slim, but this is also, this is more part of like the, the Heat's entire game plan, which is we got to limit the number of possessions because we can win if it's like this game is decided by four or five. We can't win if this game is decided by 15 possessions. They're going to beat us. So that to me is my read on that. Um, Brandon, you don't want to, you think people should not bet the series prices right now. Why? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I want to respond to, to the, the Jokic thing that Sean just asked about as well, because I, I think it's a chicken and egg argument here. Like what's yep. the cause and what's the effect. And I think that we're getting it backwards. Like we're, Denver is losing because Jokic is scoring. We see the style. Oh, they're 0-3 when he scores 40. So cause effect. It's the opposite. Denver is losing. So Jokic is like, well, my guys ain't doing it tonight. I guess I'm going to turn into a score. Like he is solving in real time that he, he, you know, he knows if we know the stats about his assists and his points, he knows the stats. I promise you that. So I think that's him responding. Matt, before the series, when you and I had just the two of us on the series preview podcast, toward the end, you asked me specifically what would the Heat have to do early in the series for you to come off your Denver position? I had a very specific answer to that question. I compared it to the one game that Jimmy Butler missed in the Knicks series where Miami came out and fired up a billion threes. And I, I noticed that they went for the shot variance thing. They went for game variance, took a ton of threes and I, I thought that if Miami came out firing a ton of threes, because part of my cap was I didn't think Denver would allow them to do that. If they got up a ton of threes, then I might have to reevaluate a little bit. So I watched that in game one. If I recall, I believe uh, Miami got up 39. Eh, not a huge number, not a, a good number, more than Denver had been allowing, but not a huge number. Here's what I missed. The thing that you were just talking about, Matt, the pace is glacial. It's not about number of threes. It's about percentage of threes. Mm. Denver for the series is getting up 43% of their shots as three-point attempts. And at a sub-90 pace, 
the thing that I feared that Denver might fall into the trap of, or maybe just that Miami is forcing the trap of, to me, the Heat are playing Ivy League upset ball right now. When you watch the t- in March Madness, when you watch for the upset, the teams I love to look for in the upset is two key factors. Slow the pace way down, bomb a ton of threes. To me, that is what the Heat are doing and it is playing honestly. The Heat are telling us with their style of play, we know we're not the better team. Yes. We don't have to be the better team. We just have to give ourselves a chance yes. to narrow the gap enough. Less possessions means less chance for the better team to be better. So that's less chance for Denver. Like you said, Matt, it's less chance for them to get up to the 15. Just keep it close. Give ourselves a shot. Hit those shots late. Let Duncan suddenly score eight in, in a two-minute stretch. Hit those threes. Let Caleb Martin's shot finally fall. And then it's the the three-point attempts. Last night, game two, 87 pace for the game. 45% of Miami shots were threes. Of course, you have to make them still too, but you do that formula, you might lose horrifyingly sometimes because now you didn't make the shots and it was just threes, threes, threes. We saw that Boston, how many times where Boston just keeps jacking threes up and can't hit them. So to me, here's the takeaway from that. I had Denver 80%, just over 80% to win the series. Right now I have them just slightly under 70%. I scoured looking for the right bat. Matt, on text last night, I told you, Nuggets in five, get out of here, we're done. I still think that that is a possible to probable outcome, but I also think that the books are pricing just about everything almost just dead on in the series. I don't think there's value here. That doesn't mean that Denver's not the favorite. Denver is the favorite. They're just being priced accurately as the favorite. I do now have Heat to win the series is a more likely outcome than Denver in five or six or seven individually. Denver in any of those still is well ahead of Miami in in an individual spot. But to me, a takeaway, why part of why I like Denver in this game three, and we'll like them again in game four, as I said, the shot variance thing, the pace, the threes, to me, a thing we've seen in the series and now in the playoffs, that is neutralizing the home court advantage of teams. It's turning into more of a, like the, the thing that I think that I'm frustrated with that a lot of us are is we don't want to come on the podcast and say, well, they made three. So that's it. That's the analysis. We'll see if they make threes next game. Does Boston make threes? Does Miami make threes? I don't know. That's what happens. Miami is doing that on purpose. They're turning yeah. this into a three-point contest and that gives them a chance. To me, it takes them from probably can't win the finals you probably shouldn't win the finals. That's an upgrade. They've yeah. given themselves a shot. I think Denver is less of a favorite in their home games because Miami has closed the, the gap to give them more of a shot. But I think Denver has a better chance now in the road games because Miami has dropped their floor with the higher three-point attempt rate as well. The home yeah. court advantage is a little bit neutered here that Miami just stole. And as we know from the Matt Mitchell rule, if you're going to win, you're going to cover. So even with the Nuggets being a favorite, I know I know that that you love that slide <laughs> to the analysis. Do you see a scenario where Miami is a favorite in a game in the series? Yes, we saw it in like we saw that in the Celtics series. I think if they I think if they win, if they dominate a game three, I think they would be favorites in game four. Sean, in that game two that BA just referenced, that Jimmy Butler missed at the Garden, 85 field goal attempts for the Miami Heat, 49 of them were three point attempts. 
Yeah, it's 58%. It's the highest of any team in the postseason this year. All right. That's going to wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Follow Jay Money on Twitter at Jay Money is Money and, and on YouTube. Follow Sean on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Check him out in the Action Network app. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. Also, his grandma. Shout out David Payne's <laughs> grandma, listener of the podcast. Thanks for, for listening, grandma. Go Nuggets, let's get buckets. Uh, we will see you guys again after game three for Best Bets episode. We'll, we'll do that on Thursday. Uh, we'll probably have some more content with some more folks. I am headed to Miami. Uh, we'll probably have an episode up tomorrow. Kind of reacting to some things. I'll get you some reactions from Media Day as well. Make sure to check that out in the feed. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.